This podcast proudly sponsored by Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games. In the Milwaukee area, come see us in our historic Bayview location. Find us online at milwaukeemcg.com or look for Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games on Facebook. Not in the Milwaukee area, there are still plenty of deals to be had at wearerpg.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-P-G.com. And now, redwizardgames.com, your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. Are you ready? is up everyone welcome to episode number 18 of mana screwed i am tangent with me as always is the beamy hello again everybody and of course ben what's going on not much woolly thoktar yeah <laughs> we are here once again to astound and amaze you with news and information from around the magic universe so just kick back relax grab a rock star and ever clear because i know i am and enjoy the show. So, uh, let's see. Today on the agenda, we'll go through some news. Uh, do we have a fade to black today, Beamy? Uh, actually, I don't think at this time we do, but uh, we do have a question brought up by someone from the shop that we do need to talk about. Okay, that's always awesome. And, uh, well, let's see. We've also got to, got uh, some reports from the grinder. From my grinder, anyway. And we will have some conversations with other people, an uh, update on on the contest, and all that. So let's get started here. Um, as far as the news I wanted to bring up, have you heard of uh, the new um, keyword or whatever, the new... Um, Oh God! What am I thinking of here? For for shot for the new next set, the Scars of Mirrodin set, the uh, new help me. Yes, think. it's not persist anymore. It's, yes, yes, it's their version of bringing back poison counters, but right, not it's really. not wither. So it's, it's not so wither. It's a keyword. It's a keyword. Yeah, I said that, but I mean, there's another term for it. I was trying to think of, and my brain is not working correctly uh, right now. So ability. Yes, we'll go with ability. Or or keyword, I don't know. Right, right, I know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The key, the word, or what it is, is infect. And it's kind of like, have you heard of this, Ben? I have not. Infect, and I actually, like, I thought the the whole thing about them bringing back poison sounded kind of, eh. Like, everyone was super hyped about it. I wasn't the biggest fan of poison to begin with. I thought it was kind of a useless and not really like maybe at one time poison had its you know its big day but like back in time spiral and stuff it didn't seem to really matter a whole lot from what i can remember anyway and uh with it, with there's a much better ability yeah so it you actually, combine the like two. actually affects the game you know the game state whereas the other one's just 
Right, so. right. Well, you combine the two, right? And, and and the reason why that's so cool is because it's not just that you're combining wither and poison. Because if you remember creatures back then, it was like a creature had like poison two, and if it had poison two, it it had a uh, it gave two poison counters, right? Well, now it's got infect, and infect will deal wither damage. But if it hits a player, it deals poison damage equal to that creature's power. Now, this is all based on stuff that, I mean, Mark Rosewater was twittering like crazy when this thing came out, and this is all stuff that I read out of the out of the Twitters that he was sending out, but um, it sounds like, you know, so if you giant growth your dude, uh, you can you can put, you know, five, six poison counters on, on this dude, on a person. That all of a sudden makes poison somewhat relevant. There was no real way to increase that before, and now all of a sudden... Your your power is your poison, so that's pretty sweet. I think one of the things you have to that he mentioned in there too is that it affects planeswalkers. Yeah, I, that's I, a good thing. I missed that part of it. I know that was one of the, the one of the questions people had. How does it affect planeswalkers? Is it just straight up damage? I mean, I, the poison doesn't stack on a planeswalker, right? Like it's just it's just it deals damage equal to whatever the wither would be. Is that right? I he didn't get into too many details about it, but he did say it affects planeswalkers, and if it affects planeswalkers, that makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Well, I don't see how it affected other than just dealing damage to it. You know. Well, unless it was like you know, a planeswalker had. Yeah, all it says, all all the card says is this creature deals damage to creatures in the form of minus one, minus one counters, and to players in the form of poison counters. So it doesn't say anything about damage to planeswalkers. So it just deals its normal. If it's a three-three going to deal, you know, take three counters away. Yeah, I guess so that would make sense, yeah. Hmm. But it's the whole counter thing. You know what I mean? Planeswalkers rely on counters. They don't have life totals. They have counter totals. And if this can stack or do something like that, uh, how many times have you sat there and go, man, I wish I had a lightning bolt and I'm stuck with this creature and, you know, if it has trample, you know, you can direct it at him and potentially kill a Jace or something like that. I don't know. I think this is a great way of neutralizing Planeswalkers. I don't know if they think Planeswalkers have gotten out of control, but I definitely think, like Rosewater said, he's been working on it for 14 years. Right. Or is it something well, he like that? Was, he wanted years. Poison to come back, and apparently like he, he was trying to get what? it to come back, but then as they were testing it, it didn't, it didn't necessarily work right with what they wanted, and so, you know... They they decided to like. And this is I think I got this from uh, the the mana deprived and sixty cards podcast actually, but like if I remember correctly anyway, but but like or maybe it was even Monday Night Magic, but they they wanted to like at first they wanted to put both abilities wither and poison on the creature to try and maybe give it the little more power that they wanted, and then they they thought that didn't work too well. So they just decided to combine them and create the new keyword. I, I don't know. I think to me, they they took an ability that I thought was mediocre. Poison had great flavor, but I didn't enjoy the ability that much. They took that ability and they made it better. I mean, Wither Wither was awesome. So you you combine Wither with a fairly mediocre ability, but that has great flavor, and all of a sudden you have this awesome ability that has awesome flavor to it. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't see how how does it exactly help you with planeswalkers. 
he said in his speech, in his 20 tweets, that it was going to be able to affect planeswalkers. And that whether that means direct damage, you might be right, Ben. It may just, it may mean that it, it yeah. deals damage. Or it could be that, like, a planeswalker has, you know, five poison counter limit and then they die or something. I mean, it's really hard to say until oh, it actually yeah, comes I guess, out. I guess I could do something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, yeah. Um, that that was one thing I wanted to talk about. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, was one thing. Um, boy, it would be really nice if I had actually brought my notes in with me. But uh, oh god, Beamy, do you have any news items while I'm trying to remember this here? Um, basically, outside of uh, Rosewater's article, the only thing really relevant that has come up actually rather quickly is that on MTGO, which I'm sure will be talked on numerous things, uh, Elspeth's been banned temporarily. Oh, badge problems? Yeah, it's it's been banned from all constructive formats to a card bug. Uh, it'll be removed once the card bug is resolved. There is no ETA at this time, but we are working to resolve it as quickly as possible. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, I just got a message about that uh, from Currybo uh, saying that uh, that very thing. So he he just messaged me on in the chat window here and said he tried to sign on and couldn't sign in to play some standard because Elspeth's been temporarily banned. It was it was very funny that uh, as soon as this comes out, no more than like 15 minutes later, uh, Patrick Chapin puts Elspeth's been the first banned planeswalker. Ha ha! Whatever you have won the battle, but the war is far from over. <laughs> and that's totally too, Chapin Gideon with the way he broken. talks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. Uh, Gideon was broken for a short period of time too, but they didn't ban him. You know what I mean? But I wonder, I wonder what that is that's that's uh, that's broken about that. Or what's what's you know what's going on with that? So like plus one counter win the game. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure that's what it is. Great one night win the game. Bink. It's like oops, I put the wrong programming on that one. Here's the thing. I, and apparently, you you probably haven't heard of this yet, then, Beamy. But it's something I find to be pretty interesting. And basically, what's what's going on is. Uh, Magic or Wizards has decided to put out these decks that are like tournament ready decks and they're they're supposed to be like kind of like you know they put starter decks out or whatever yeah but they're supposedly these are going to be competitive decks like competitive high level decks that they're going to put out so that people can just buy the deck and immediately go to a tournament and play in a tournament and okay wow that's fascinating because now you're talking, how do you make a competitive deck that doesn't have a price point that's out the rough? Right, exactly. And that, I guess that's the thing that we're wondering now at this point is, they're called event decks, I guess. And, you know, obviously they'll probably put out four or five of these decks, um, different decks to choose from, I would assume. Um, you, you, you get the question, you know, just like you said, how, how do you really get one within a decent price point? And and then it also makes you ask the question, okay, so does this mean that, that Wizards is finally going to be really pushing like monocolored decks? Because that's the only way I could see them making a deck that didn't need expensive land. Because the land, land is one thing that makes even a good deck expensive. 
You know, like even a deck that that can use cheaper cards to be a good solid deck, land has a tendency to be expensive. Yeah, I mean you can't you can't throw a bunch of the filters from Zendikar in and and make the the deck affordable. It just wouldn't be, and it'd be like, well, why don't you just go build this on your own? You know, so so the question I guess would be, are these going to be monocolored decks, and if so, are they going to be able to actually hit the mana that they need to be able to play these decks? And then you you get into the you know even more in depth questions of just like like you know is wizards like did they see dueling McGrims coming and did they see the soul sister deck coming and did they see all these things that are like common uncommon decks you know that are just like these cheap decks did they plan this stuff so that they can you know like w- like we might not see ever see a titan ramp deck that they'll put out there for someone to buy but th- they could put dueling McGrims out fairly easily. It's not that expensive yes. of a deck, you know. Or or Soul Sisters again. I mean, what's that deck cost? Twenty dollars to put together, you know. I mean, that's it's just a, there's a couple thi- a couple different decks that they could put out where where you could actually play it fairly easily for a relatively cheap price, and it would still be competitive. Now, granted, they're not. I I haven't seen or heard anything of them saying. These decks are going to beat, you know, the the Titan Ramp decks and and Blue White Control and all that. They didn't say this is going to win you, you know, a Grand Prix, but they did say that it will be competitive, so you can actually go and compete in those events and not, you know, feel like you're playing with this crappy starter deck. Could they make? Could they be geared towards more of the Friday Night Magic people? And so just be a, a you know, let's get Friday Night Magic bigger by giving. A simple, I don't want to say simple, but like you said, a Soul Sister deck or a Dueling Megrim deck or something like that, where they don't have to go out and try to search for the cards. They have them, or could it be a situation where if they're not gonna, if they don't give them, I don't know if they're giving a full sixty card deck. Is it a full sixty? It's sixty and a fifteen card sideboard. Wow. Yeah, exactly, and that's the other thing. It's like okay, so now, I mean. It makes you wonder whether or not, you know, much like the Mighty Gen says, is, is Wizards, like, smoking weed all the time and just not really, you know, I mean, that's the way they come up with their ideas? Or are they really so ingenious that they're actually, like, seeing the metagame that far ahead? Because you, how can you sideboard a deck that you don't even know what the metagame is going to be like unless you really do believe you know what the metagame is going to be like? I mean, what do you, well, just, what do you sideboard? You have to think about this too. They talked about in the next set that when you play, if you play a faction, you get a bonus. Right, right. Yeah, Could that's these true. be the decks that they're leaning towards? Could this be a, uh, like, oh, I'll say a Tezzeret deck where you're playing that, that faction that has Tezzeret in it and you have one Tezzeret and a bunch of artifacts that get you to where you need to get to? It, it could be. You know, that's the thing that we're going to have to find out. But, I mean, how do you feel about this overall since we've been discussing innovation and the need for innovation? And I agree. I mean, I think it's awesome to pull new players in. That's why I liked things like the Deck Builders Toolkit and everything. It's not something that I would, you know, go out and buy except for I, I did, but just because of the fact that other people here were doing it and we wanted to be able to build decks together, just these little, you know, casual decks. But... But I would never like buy one to be competitive with it. But nevertheless, they have those tools. 
What do you think about them putting out pre-constructed competitive decks? Do you feel like that's going to take away from the innovation even more? Do you think it'll it'll foster innovation by getting people to think more? Well, if you give someone, let's just say, mono white, and they can look at it and say, okay, these cards are in there, but as they see the game developing, if they have the more difficult cards to acquire, let's say there are five rares in the deck, and they have those five to start with, and all they want to do is substitute out a couple of player cards at the end. Let's say they know their metagame requires more disenchants because people are heavy in the artifacts or are enchantments. Something they can substitute in the sideboard at least could allow them to have the bigger cards of the deck together already and then substitute out the ones at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's totally up in the air, like, the way I feel about this, because I, I feel like... I'll just be happy to have Jace 2.0 not be $100. I mean, if they just put it in a theme deck that you can buy for yeah, I know, don't think that's 20 bucks, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that know. would be awesome. Only, I just don't see only, that happening. Only the secondary market's going to suffer, but since I don't have any of the awesome cards, I'm going to think it's great. So There would be riding in the fucking streets by the people that spent $400 on their Jace's Oh if, come on! <laughs> what you don't think so, man? You think those yeah. people are no, going to be real they, happy? They know, to... they know they could take a loss, man. I mean, it's yeah, I realize that. Well, you guys got to realize one other thing too. I mean, you're talking about monies and prices and stuff like that. Uh, the release of from the vault artifacts. Uh, uh, they're supposed to be MSRP thirty four ninety five. Soul Ring selling for thirty five right now. Yeah. Pre sales have them anywhere from eighty to a hundred bucks. Fortunately for our sponsor, they're selling them at sixty five dollars. Right. Well, I mean, uh, Mox Diamonds Diamonds worth like fifty bucks, right? Oh, it's fifty. Okay. Yeah. Well, the set itself is worth almost, almost what is it? Almost ninety bucks right now. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and they're selling the key, it for retail thirty four ninety five. They're they're limited. So the, so you're thinking like, well, well, you know, from the vaults actually puts a bunch of cards into circulation that are so you know expensive already, and now they're selling a bunch of them together for thirty five bucks. Yeah, not really. I mean, only only the like only the cool slash idiotic stores are selling them for thirty five bucks. Okay. They're either really cool and really good to their people, or they're just morons. Because well, you, you could get a hundred bucks for those things. Well, that's what's funny is that I actually talked to Alan about that today, and they had a long discussion about where the price point should be on this, and they wanted to make sure that regardless of where it was in the Midwest, that they were the absolute lowest price in the Midwest. Which is and awesome. Six, 65 bucks. I don't think you're going to be able to get it for cheaper than that anyway. Right, right. But that's why actually, the, it's not going to drive the cost a whole ton because those cards are still worth something. I mean, you're paying, you know, some people will be paying 100 bucks for that set. Yeah, and the great thing about it is to show you how popular they believe this will sell quickly is they're actually holding a midnight release on Friday for them. Wow, dude. Seriously? That's pre- Are they like giving out tickets or anything for cer- certain people to buy? I don't know. I just I don't think so, but I just I understand that it's, it's a midnight release and I know they didn't get as many as they requested, but my guess is 
they'll be all gone probably at midnight on Friday. Yeah, that makes sense. And to think to those people that are going to go there and get it, you know, you're not going to pay 100 bucks for it. Right. You're not going to pay 80 bucks for it. You're going to pay 65 for it, and you're not going to feel like you've been taken to the cleaners over it. I mean, that's the problem even right now getting back to what we were talking to about Jace. You buy it for 100 bucks right now or 80 bucks right now, and the next set comes out, and all of a sudden this set has an answer for Jace. Right. Yeah, exactly. What's your Jace worth now? <laughs> I don't you know. know. At least, worth at least nothing, with, bitch. That's right. And at least Your with Jace ain't this, worth nothing. <laughs> and at least with this artifacts, with vintage and legacy, these cards are all prime cards for that set. Yeah, man. That's totally. the beautiful thing about investing in that is that that market isn't going to change. Those decks are going to stay the same, and you're just providing them access to have a handful more of those cards that fit in there. Right. But they're printing more cards, so... It really it just adds to the market, right? So it should should bring, hopefully bring the price down some. I, I don't, yeah. yeah, I think so, but I don't think it'll bring it down a whole lot, man. Because they're they're adding cards, but they're adding such a small amount of cards. I mean, it's not like they're putting out there, you know, just some ridiculous amount and flooding the market with these cards. That's the reason why it's so limited. Well, they're going to be bringing out decks for each set, right? So uh, pretty much as long as Jace is in, they should just put it in every single deck that uh, they come out with. Yeah, so I don't it's still even, but I don't know that that's what they're going to do, man. I don't, I don't <laughs> think they're going to put Jace into these into these decks. I I think that would be really, really crazy. If they did that, then no one would buy packs of cards anymore. Because so they would just talking, be like, I'm going to buy these pre-built decks, dude. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, well, it's all the good rares. Well, that's what I'm saying. Pre-built, I, pre-built decks, red deck wins with one Jace the Mind Sculptor in it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I can see it being mono color, though. I mean, can you see what I'm saying about that? Because look, you you take okay, mono black. People are saying that mono black could be possible in the next format, right? Mono white is already doing stuff in this format. Okay, mono red always does stuff. Mono blue. I attempted to work with, and I still think could have worked better. I think it would have been better if I'd splash white and done some stuff with that. But it still can do stuff, okay? And and mono and who knows what it's going to be able to do once scars comes out. And and mono green, well, whatever. But you know, mono green just finished third in U.S. National. There you go. So, uh, so look, man, you got all you got. You can go mono colored, and that would make the most sense because then at least. Whatever cards they put in there, they don't have to put the expensive lands in. I mean, that's that's one way to save money on those pre-built decks. I don't know how much they're going to be. I just want to throw it out there and see what you guys thought about that. I, I'm hoping it doesn't take down the innovation side of things. I, I don't want I don't want wizards to be putting out decks that are better than anyone else can be putting out. But I think it's I think it's good for well if they if they do then everyone knows those decks are out there I mean everyone's gonna know those decks are out there gonna know exactly what they do yeah I mean right you're just gonna come up with decks to stop them yeah I know I I get that no I I think it's a good idea but but at the same time I'm I guess part of it is also like not really believing that it's possible I guess if they're if they're putting out five different mono you know one one of each mana uh, 
deck, right? That yeah, means there's going to be at least five right? different competitive decks right. in play at one time, right? If they're competitive. If they're competitive. Absolutely. If they're, I, if they're just... all competitive, if they're all equally competitive. <laughs> right. I, I, well, that's the thing, They are better man. than all the other decks. It's like, that's more than usual. I mean, right. there's not always five competitive decks, you know, in a, in a you know, set. Well, right, but that's. I guess I'm. I'm a little hesitant to really believe that they're going to be competitive. I mean, they could just as easily suck balls. So, you know, I mean, who knows? A little article I'm looking at's got a picture of Elspeth and Chase the Mind Sculptor in it. So, I don't know. Maybe they're just wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, it could be Jace Bellerin, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That'd be more isn't likely. He, he's already in like three different theme decks, isn't he? Yeah, you might as well throw him in a fourth. Um. Well, okay. So let's see. We've got. We do have. Do we have anything else that we need to go over before we start going over some deck lists and stuff? Yeah. Um. I'd like to bring up the uh, question of the day. I was asked by Alan, the store owner at Walking. Oh yeah. Let's do that. Games. He asked about um, whether it's a new player getting into Magic or a player who's played Magic and is coming back to Magic. What is the best way? to get someone back into it or start them up into it, and then how do you kind of guide them as far as what kind of deck to build to make it to make it simple? And ironically, after hearing all these, hearing this talk about all these pre-constructed deck lists, well, that sounds like a winner to me, but uh, <laughs> that's that was his question, and, and the reason why he is doing that is because he is... He is attempting to himself get back into the game. Really? Okay. Well, so see, that's why I was wondering he came to us that. saying, "Hey, come up with an idea." Well, I was wondering if this was something where he was trying to get someone in because I, I don't think you can really persuade someone to get into the game unless they want to play the game. But if you're trying to get someone in, now is he starting from scratch? Do you know what level he's at in trying to come back into the game? Is this he something to, where he's trying to? He wants get to do it for fun. For fun. This is okay. casual fun. I mean, he he jokingly talked about having us build a mono green deck for him. And then, ironically, he talks about that and it finished third nationals. Well, I think I think starting out with a mono deck of any kind is a good start because you keep it to the basics. I mean, even if even if it's mono red, you know, whatever. If you're not trying to play competitively. I think going monocolor is a very secure way to do it. And then once you start coming back into the game, then you start going, oh, God, well, I really would like to be able to play counter spells. You know, and that's when you start branching out to being able to into different colors and things. Um, as stupid as it sounds, I know I just brought it up, but the deck builder's toolkit's pretty awesome for getting back in because he can, you know, if, if he has some friends that are playing or whatever, you can get a deck builder's toolkit for like 20 bucks. It gives you a bunch of starting cards and you can, I mean, you can build your own mono color whatever or multicolor whatever deck and just start building decks and experimenting with them that way. Um, they seem to, I, from what I can tell, they update, they update them. Like the one that I had gotten had, uh, had Zendikar, World Wake, and Rise of the Eldrazi boosters, but now I believe they're going to have some M11 boosters. I don't know if it's all M11. Um, it's a great, it's a great starting point. Um, I wouldn't, like, they have the Planeswalker decks out there. I wouldn't start on that because one of the problems that happened when I came in 
and Ben can attest to this, when I came in and was playing with these guys, you know, they they had gotten all their cards and they were in standard cards and I was kinda like, Oh, can we just we can just play with any card, right? So I went and bought a bunch of, I mean I spent, you know, not not much, but for my first time I spent probably like eighty, ninety bucks or whatever ordering cards online just to get them there and have them go you're playing Dark Ritual, you know, that you can't play that, you know, and it's <laughs> like, it's like, well, you guys didn't tell me I asked if I could play with any cards, you know, and it's just like, I was trying to use all these old cards, and like, one of our friends was just like, oh man, come on, that's cheat, it's like, I didn't know, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about, standard, what is that, you know, it's just like, you, you don't want to get into like the old sets, because then when you start playing with people that do want to play, you know, start, start getting, start into standard, Get into standard cards. Plus, if you get into all the old cards, you just got too much. It just it'll like drive you crazy when you first start it's a, playing. It's a slippery slope to go down. You know, it's like I don't know. Like you just want to use your dark rituals. It's like okay, well, I want to use all my dual lands and my berserk. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know? dude. I want to kill you in two turns. Yeah, know? I mean, it's like if you want to use all your cards, I want to use all my cards. Right. So, no, and I agree, but I just didn't know. I didn't understand. I didn't know, you know, that there was this, like, yeah. different limits, you know, these different uh, format limits that, that you were, you know, constrained to or whatever. But it was, I don't know, man. Like, I would say, say, start off small and just work your way up. You know, if he wants us to build, you know, come up with some idea, I guess I would try and get, like, some kind of price range. You know, and we can come up with something for sure. Absolutely. Well, I definitely think he wants to run Mono Green because that was when he played. That was his favorite deck. Was Mono Green Beatdown, and, and now that we've declared that Hornet's thing is now a national <laughs> champion winning card, um, you're I evil, think we dude. could make it go. You're thinking a Hornet's thing? I don't know if you're going to have a Green Beatdown deck with Hornet's thing. Oh, is come that, on! Is now, that your game it. winner? Take your opponent to one, <laughs> and then Hornet Sting for the win. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna base my game around the fact that I'm gonna have my opponent down to one life. What can I do? What can I do here to get them down to exactly one life so I can finish them off? <laughs> well, okay, okay. You, I guess one thing would be determine whether or not he wants to play like beat down, as in big huge beaters, or beat down like a million elves beaters because you can build a pretty and I again none of the, oh, I'm not talking tier 1 decks but for a starter elves is still pretty fun right now and yeah you know, I have a pretty solid elf deck it's pretty fun um it if 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 you don't get wrath it can win really quick you know um so so it's really it's really fun and you talk about beaters well you know what's worse 177 or like Eight five fives. You know, it just it just depends on you know what you consider to be a beat beat down deck. So elves is pretty solid. If you you know not again, I'm I'm not saying go try and win a huge tournament with it, but if you're starting out for sure. Um, and then there's there's you know those decks with summoning traps and big beefy beat down creatures and uh, yeah you know I mean there's lots of lots of cool cool decks out there that you can build right now for sure. I, th- I think he's more of the aggressive, like the leatherback Balos at the uh, three green for four fives. Get him out early, hit you hard, get you as quickly down to zero as possible, and end the game. I think that's what he's leaning towards. Cause that's what okay. it sounded like he was describing before. Okay. Uh, that, that he played some sort of very fast, very, very, very fast deck. 
So well, and that's why I mentioned elves, though, because like if like I said, if 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 I don't get wrath, you'll be dead by turn five. You know, I mean, it all depends on what you've got coming coming a person's way. You know, a leatherback goes down to a doom blade just like a you know a Lana War elves does. But if you you know you start start pumping up your creatures and all of a sudden you've got like I said you know it, it depends on what you're looking for but if you want big beefy creatures like that uh, there's a lot out there and we can do that for sure I mean you know do, is this something that he wants us to build like right now or does he just want us to get back to him with a list on that I think I think this is something that he wants us to work on that we could probably get done over the next show or two to get done for him just so it would be nice just because this goes back to the you know who you who you trying to reach and how you're supposed to reach them and a lot of times sometimes a basic simple deck like red deck wins can be a whole lot of fun i mean oh, your yeah, elf man. deck has been proven to be a lot of fun i have a red green elf deck that i like and no, you run them i think it's blood braids you bet yeah nice awesome okay well that's cool man we'll definitely get back to him uh that that would be a lot of fun to try and come up with something for him. And is this? Do you know if he's going to like build this after we we give that to him, or you know if if he needs any help with that kind of stuff, he can get a hold of us too, and we can try and you know if we can scrape up to, any cards. He wants to put it together because a lot of times what'll happen is is like any card shop, you'll get people that'll come in, and if they come in by themselves, they look in the play, and if no one's there to play, you know he could at least. Pull out this deck, right. be as generic as it is, and at least say, "Look here, I've got something for you to play against. If you want to play, here we go. Let's play." Awesome. And a lot of times you go in there, and people are people come in by themselves. A lot of people don't come in with two, three people they're playing with. A lot of people come in solo. And hey, this way he has a deck he knows, he has a deck he can play, and then as he plays it, he can tweak it. Right. Yes, I totally agree, man. Well, that's cool. I'd be definitely glad to help him out. Um. Uh, so, other than that, did you want to? Did you want to go on to the deck list then? Absolutely. Hopefully, we get a caller in here soon because, uh, you know, we're a little shy on callers right now. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Cortland once again. Uh, and I think he's on right now too. Yeah, I see him listed as online. Did you want me to to invite him in to talk about this? Sure, it's his deck. All right, let's get him on here, see if he wants to come on. It's only mid-range price of $700. So this will not be under my budget article decks that I'll be making, designing eventually. Oh, yeah, I'm ordering it right now. Let's see here. He's a MasterCard or National Debt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally, man. What's What's up, man? Not too much. Just uh, got home from work there a couple hours ago, so just chilling out. Sweet. We were just getting yeah. ready to uh, to go over the deck that you uh, sent the link to here. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, on TCG Player, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I usually go on that website. I, uh, it's pretty easy to make a deck on that website, just because you basically just put a number and the card card name, and it's just like boom. Right. Easy peasy, so awesome. So uh, the Beamy here was talking about how he thinks this is a this is a little low end as far as price goes for him, and he's <laughs> he likes to stick in the higher end deck range. 
So, uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I can see what he means, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see. You've got on this deck, you've got three Garrick Wildspeaker, four Jace the Mind Sculptor, two Mitotic Slime, four Primeval Titan, three Cultivate, three Destructive Force, two Explore, four Lightning Bolt, four Mana Leak, two Mind Spring, four Rampant Growth, Ben's Fallen Asleep, six Forest, two Hellamar Depths, <laughs> Four Island, four Misty Rainforest, three Mountain, four Raging Ravine, and two Scalding Tarn. Now, yeah, uh, partridge in a woolly thought. <laughs> and a Ben <laughs> is in a woolly thought. Oh, uh, so, w- yeah, we got a. Uh, yeah, dude, in the winter it's like super cold, so you just gotta like slice open the belly of the woolly thought and crawl in there to one. I think you're referring to Tauntaun. That's a Tauntaun, not a woolly thought. They look similar, uh-huh. but, you know. It's all um, the same, man. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, so now, is this something that you've built, you've actually built, or is this like a workstation yeah. project? So this is the yeah, deck that you have. Yeah, I have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have the paper. All right, very nice. Um, well, obviously, it's it's awesome. Uh, now, how do you, uh, the one one of the cards that I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you're using, it makes perfect sense. I just haven't seen very many people using is the mitotic slime which obviously works awesome in this but but i haven't like how have you seen it has have you seen that as a really good card or is it something you that you don't find is necessarily like relevant most of the time um well i find it's it's definitely a really good card in a destructive force deck obviously because i can you know put it out before my titan or really anything else gets out it fills out that nice uh, five slot, which, you know, uh, most of the Planeswalkers are four, Titans are six. Right. So uh, it kind of fills in that spot. And, you know, it's pretty resilient. It can chump block quite a few turns. I remember I fought one guy, and I pretty much chump blocked about, like, uh, five or six times with it. So it's definitely a pretty good defensive card, but it's pretty costly. And right. with Mana Leak running around, um, it, it's kind of scary to try and play it. If you know what I mean, because oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I can kind of tell that would that would be. Have you have you yeah. thought about like running uh running like an Orin Reef in there or anything, just to you know pull that out with your Primeval Titan and then and then maybe like <laughs> when your when your Mitotic Slime dies, like Orin Reef to get bigger slimes or anything. Um, I haven't really thought about that too much. Um, it's a just tap because, plan, like, so you know. yeah, yeah. Well, the only thing is, like, I was thinking about cutting the slimes completely just because, like, well, they are very useful. Um, a lot of times I find that either I get them or I already have a primeval titan, so it's like, well, slime or primeval, right? So, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I'd rather just take the primeval, but I was thinking about uh, maybe putting in um, some, uh, what's that card? The the ROE uh, Land of War 2-mana uh, uh, tap for a green. Atlanta War two man tap for a green. No, yeah. you can pump it up and give it. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. The tree speaker somewhere. Are you talking about the tree speakers? No, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, uh, it's one of those cards that's just on the tip of your tongue. Overgrown Battlement. Oh, 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 oh. The the wall. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Two Atlanta War. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I got thinking about, Yeah. I was thinking about taking when I. Uh, Tried to try the deck out there at one ma- uh, Friday at Magic. I found that Explore 
uh, didn't really do too much for okay. whatever reason. Like, I'd either, I mean, I could play it to draw a card, but other than that, it was pretty dead. Okay. So I thought maybe if I take out two slimes and e- at least one explorer, that would, um, you know, uh, let me get a little bit better mana base and as well as some early defenders against, you know, red deck wins or, or I fought against a knight deck as well and that was pretty annoying. Uh, but you know, the smaller, the smaller, uh, weenie decks and, and right. fast decks. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's possible. I, yeah, I'm surprised at Explorer, especially early on with, with, you know, the amount of land that you have in there that you're not being able to use it to, you know, its potential, but I guess you do have three Cultivates and four Rampant Growth, so it's kind of, it could very easily or quickly become a dead card, I guess. Um, yeah, the, the problem I found with it is that I get all my, most of my land drops, but, um, I get my land drops, but then I just ramp so fast that it doesn't even matter, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm at like nine mana. Okay, so <laughs> explore cool. It's not really that useful. I'd rather have like something I could put on the field, give me a little bit more of a field presence than you know. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Well, the um, only thing I'm going to say about that is is going back to Draga Tree Speaker. If you can get him out turn one, he yeah. makes your mana pool skyrocket quickly, and Primeval Titan can hit round. Three slash four, you could have them out there, and if yeah. you get them out that early, it's over. I mean, there's nothing they're going to be able to do. They can't. Well, you can't come back from that. Well, I would assume the reason why you're using the would rather use the battlements is simply the body. It doesn't. Uh, they're they're four toughness. Is that correct? Or are they yes, three? So yeah, so so they don't die to a bolt, and you get two of them out, and each one taps for two mana all of a sudden. So you've you've got four mana out of two. Battlements. That's pretty, pretty serious. Yeah, I mainly just wanted them for the defensive aspect. Um, but I was also playing around with the idea of maybe um, using Sylvan Rangers and Explore because obviously that'd be a really good combo. Oh yeah, like that's true. For land right. and a body as well. Yeah, so you could just replace the my top slimes with Sylvan Rangers and have the two Explore in there still. Yeah, exactly. But. Right. So. But I mean, you know, replacing a mitotic slime with a Sylvan Ranger is a pretty down, uh, pretty high downgrade in, you know, uh, power, if you know what I mean. It is, unless, I mean, it depends. Is that really your, you know, what you're worried about? How quickly do you get ramped up? Do you get ramped up? Do you get ramped up fast enough to where once you get to your ramp point, are you going to be able to play everything out and kill them before they have a chance to finish the job? You know, I mean, your destructive yeah. force should take out everything they've got for the most part, I would think. You know, um, it's it's uh, it is it is hard to say though. I mean, you've got oh man, I don't know. I would have to really really put some time into thinking about about what would be best. It's it's solid. I I. The mitotic slimes to me, I I guess, are totally like for defense. You know, it seems like yeah. they get shut down pretty quickly on offense, and that that would be a problem. But defensively, I could see why. You know, I mean, they they just keep coming. You know, even past yeah. the, past the day of judgment, which other things can't say. Yeah, exactly, and that's why I chose to pick them up because, uh, well, you know, U White is a pretty favorable matchup for Destructive Force just because of their slow deck. Um, you know, all I have to really do is just, you know, man leak or, or, or 
negate one of my destructive forces, and I'm I'm back. You know, I'm on my on my heels at that point. Like, I don't have a, a as, as good board advantage, and if they get a bane slayer out, um, and I destructive force and they negate it, I mean, and I don't have a counter up, I mean, I'm in trouble at that point, right? So, um, or if they or if they DOJ my Titan or something, you know, right? Exactly, it, it hurts. It hurts a lot, and it's nice to have something that can chump block for, you know, chump block Gideon for a few turns and uh, uh, and and live through a day of judgment because it's basically just useless against Mitotic Slime. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, that is, that's a really good point. I'd have to really think about that. I mean, I, I wouldn't, yeah, the Sylvan Ranger seemed like a good idea, but just like you said, I mean, they're basically a chump blocker. It's going to be dead. yeah. So hmm. it's the power level. The power level goes down quite a bit. Well, it does stabilize my mana. I did notice I was having a couple mana problems here and there, right? Just because if uh, most of the cards are either double blue or double green or double red and for destructive force, so every once in a while I'll be like, oh, I wish I had an extra green, or like, oh, I wish I had an extra blue or something, you know? And right. Uh, Every once in a while, but that's usually a situation after I destructive force, which is kind of you, know, you kind of have to expect that. So, um, but sometimes it's before it, which was kind of annoying because you know you're, you're like, oh, I want to play my Jace, oh, I want to play my Mind Spring, you know, and and you just you couldn't put it out. So, but yeah. I think now that I uh, I took out the Frost Titans that I originally had in there, and I just put two more Primevals in. I think hopefully that'll uh, fix some of the problems I was getting with not getting double blue. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, uh, how how is uh, Garrick faring in there? Is it is it something that you feel like he's he's doing a good job in that spot or? Yeah, um, I find he he's definitely needed in that deck. I mean, if you're not running some sort of weird artifact with uh, the key combo, key right. like some weird chalice that's ramped up to like eight counters. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you pretty much need him because there's times where I destruct a force and all I have is like a raging ravine and like another land. And uh-huh. what I'll do is I'll tap them, or like or like say three lands. I'll tap them, untap them, and tap them, and then swing with the raging ravine. Right, and right. that's that's a really powerful thing to do when you destruct a force. All of a sudden you're getting you know you have a five five going in, and then a six six and a seven seven, and then you know they're they're out of the game. Yeah, so. yeah, I could see that totally. Well, it makes sense. I mean, Garrick's always not like I've ever considered Garrick to be a bad card. He just hasn't been played nearly as much as he used to. So yeah. I was kind of wondering how he fared in that deck. You know, you think if Garrick survives, well, if you wipe out everything with devastating force and Garrick survives, and you have two lands, it's like having four. It's like having four yeah. mana instantly, and that you yeah. know that and your titan lives well now you have four and now you have actually six mana yeah or or you know they have no land and you've got three three beasts each turn too if i mean if worst case scenario that's not a bad scenario to have you know to to be putting out creatures when they're basically left doing nothing so the only like i said the i understand why you're thinking of the defense defender plus the thing i just i watched um an article a video you watched an article i watched an article i read an article (laughs) and watched a video uh read an article watched a video uh from our friends at 
Really? They're the ones that do all the card pricing. Just Medina left to go to Star City. Uh, Kelly, it's Kelly Reed's website. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if yeah, and one of the guys did a video on it on the commons or uncommons past the next set or past September when it goes out. What's going to be popular? And number one on the list was not Manleek. It was two. It was the Jorga Wild speaker because of the need to be able to get to mana quicker. Right. Get to where you need to quicker. And that's why when you said that, it was like, I understand what he's saying, but a lot of these people that are talking up, talking up these cards, they know what they're doing. And these people have good insights on what's going to happen down the line. And when you're talking about a uncommon card that's currently listed at a buck and they think it has a ceiling that goes way above a buck and it's a first turn play. It's a green, boom, you put it out there, you're ready to go. Next turn you put another land, boom, now it's up to two. Now all of a sudden turn three, you have five mana sitting there. If they don't have an answer for it, you have five mana turn three. Oh man, I totally agree with you. I, there's, I've seen games where someone's played a turn one tree speaker and, and they just conceded. Cause it's just, it's, you know, they knew what was coming basically. And yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely a way to, to ramp, I guess. The, the key, again, like, like Corlin was saying is that, you know, the, the, the battlements have a body. So the battlements aren't going to die to any removal. Even the smallest removal, but they're not going to die to some of the largest removal either. They're not going to die to a lightning bolt. You know, that's kind of, that's kind of, you know, what, how that goes. But anyway, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, I think that either one would be a good choice. I think you should try testing both though. I think if you haven't tried the tree speaker that you should try it and, uh, you know, just, just see see what works best, man. I mean, you know, play play test both. That tree speakers are pretty easy to come by, so it shouldn't be too hard. Uh, and battlements too. <laughs> if you don't already have those, they should be pretty easy to to get to. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't really have many of either, so I'll have to look into trying to pick some up maybe for a couple cents. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, I. I don't really have many problems with ramping. I can see where this tree speaker is probably one of the best ramping cards. Uh-huh. But um, I just really wanted the the battlements just for the defense because a lot of times, you know, I mean, I have to ramp to like six mana, seven mana before I can really play anything that's not a planeswalker. Right. And if I play a planeswalker like say Jace or Garuk or something, I don't really want to get bashed by a goblin god. You know what I mean? Um. <laughs> Uh, the, it's only, not the, only, the only other card I could think of that might help you, and you currently don't have any of in your deck, uh, is the combination of preordain slash ponder. I'm not going to get into that argument again. <laughs> Be able to use that ponder to maybe better to card look at your cards situation. and say, oh, okay, I need a blue. I can put it to the front now. Maybe to do that before your Jace comes out early enough that you can do that to maybe get that second blue you're looking for quick enough to be able to do that. And if you're not really worried about the mitotic slimes or you're worried about the explorers, 
that preordain slash ponder a fits your price budget, not price budget, but fits the mana cost that you're looking to fill that slot in as, and it's a possibility to scry right where you need to get to. Get the cards you need to early, and if you get in front of them, and then you drop Jace, and you are now in front of them, and you know what's coming, they're on the run. And then you can use Jace, say you pull a preordain, instead of brainstorming with it, you can look at their top card, and after watching U.S. Nationals, <laughs> they were using Jace to look at the guy's top card, and, okay, you don't want this right to the bottom. And he basically, with the Jace, prevented him, prevented the guy with mono green to get anything. He was locked down, because every yeah. time it was his turn, he looked at his card and said, okay, you can have this land, or okay, you can, you, no, you don't need this, right to the bottom of the deck. The guy was done. And that could be something that in combination with that would be really nice early and even late because again you can use Jace two ways oh yeah of course I mean Jace I often use his uh, plus ability more often than his brainstorm I mean obviously brainstorming uh, can really give you good card advantage but I remember one time I used his plus ability and uh, it was against a black some black deck and I ended up uh, picking up a duress on the top of his library and I had destructive force on my hand and I was going to play it next turn so I sent it to the bottom and that basically made me win the game right there just because I sent his duress because he could have uh, gotten rid of my destructive force I sent it to the bottom and he lost because of it so yeah yeah that happens a lot it's happened to me a ton yeah, it's it's really powerful to know, you know, okay, uh, I just destructive forced you, you're not getting any lands if I can help it, type of thing, right? Right. Hey, Jesse Raphael. Who's that? <laughs> you. <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, did you have a chance to look look, look at this deck? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Um, you have any uh, only, insight? I only thought it would be... Uh, you know, a ley line of anticipation would probably be pretty awesome somewhere. Oh. Because then you can start grabbing the lands on their turn. So it's like end of their turn, you have the mana open for mana leak, or, you know, end of turn, just rampant growth. I would love to see someone, aside from me, playing ley line of anticipation. I, I would really like to see that in some deck. I don't, I don't know that it necessarily would fit, but... I I have to admit though I mean he's right about the fact it'd that it'd be sexy being, it'd be sexy if you get it to be, work it would be because you I mean everything all the stuff that you have happening on their turn would be ten times as sweet for sure and yeah, boy would it scare the living hell out of them when you're holding mana back uh, draw a card yeah past turn and then they're sitting there going oh my god does he have the counter does he have does he have the mana leak in his hand does he have this well if you put your opponent <laughs> On fear of playing their own cards. Yeah, exactly. That's a win. That's a win. How about Primeval on their yeah. turn and then attacking with Primeval on your turn and then destructive forcing? <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, so you could uh, drop those two Myotic Slimes and just throw in a couple of Ley Lines. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably not going to go that route, but it would be fun. <laughs> it would be fun for sure. That'd be, that'd be oh, yeah. awesome, too. That'd be something I'd test, into, man. Chop him in to block some guy, and then fucking they start splitting. You know, before you know it, it's like there's already extra slimes out. Right. Well, you think about this in a 
in a blue-white matchup where he could sideboard those in against blue-white, now all suddenly blue-white's got to figure out, when am I going to play my turn? What, what, what Do I play this? Do, do I not play this? What is he going to do? Blue-white blue white thinks too much already to begin with when they have to play. If you're forcing them to overthink, I, I don't know. I think that could be something you could throw on the sideboard and experiment with with decks like that that go against it that aren't aren't aggro intensive. You know, to play the matchup like that to see if the leyline would work. Because in that case, you being able to push. I mean, even think about this, guys. You don't what what they're also not thinking is is. Let's say the guy's getting ready to play on his turn. You have the leyline out. Oh, I'll play Destructive Force. Oh, yeah, man, for sure, dude. That's what I'm saying, uh, being able to do all that. Where's my turn? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. just to throw this out there, this is just something that just, you know, rolls around in my brain that would be amusing. I mean, it's totally cute and unplayable, really, but I just would love to do this. I think about I'm going to make a casual deck just to do it in the casual room. But uh, playing, like, red-blue, right, and green, with ramp, green for ramp, but uh, ramping ramping up with ley lines, right? Ley line of anticipation. Ramping up so I can play my destructive force, and then and then uh, play destructive force. Okay, and in, in response, what's that one where you sacrifice all your land and put the 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 uh, elemental creatures into play equal to the number of lands you sacrifice? Devastating summons. <laughs> yeah, devastating summons. Like in response to me playing destructive force, devastating summons for like seven or whatever. And uh, yeah. just have two two uh, seven seven elementals, and them have nothing. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be uh, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> like I said, it's totally casual. You wouldn't be able to pull it off. Oh really, yeah, but actually, it'd, it'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, it would work because it summons two elementals that get X for the amount of lands you sack. Yeah, so they exactly. deal five, so they'd survive destructive force. Yeah, exactly. You sack every. You you might as well just sack all your land at that point because you're gonna, yeah. you're going to hit them for the win in like the next turn anyway. So it really well, doesn't depending matter. Depending on how many. Yeah, basically one turn and it, depending gone. on how much damage you've done already, but I, I'd have to hope that you've done some damage at that point. Yeah, especially if you can if you can drop them to <laughs> even if you well even if not like if if you if they only have five land because you ramped up to seven and you do it, it doesn't matter. They're not even if you it takes two turns, they're not going to be able to stop you in one turn anyway. What's the worst they're going to do? Path to exile one of them. Well, you know? what you're forgetting is is you say this isn't feasible to do. What you're forgetting is, is in a tournament situation, nobody thought Soul Sisters could play. Okay, and th- that's another thing I wanted to mention, dude. Do you remember, like, a couple episodes ago, I was talking about that shitty deck that I made that was a life gain deck, right? And I was like, <laughs> it'll never work, right? It's, like, horrible. Do not make this deck. And then I got a bunch of shit saying, oh, don't play these cards, blah, blah, they suck. And I was like, I, was like, I said the deck sucks. There's no way you can play it, right? And he was all going off about Angel Heart Vile, but I said that came out of the sideboard, and that was more of like, I, I just said, because I was gaining so much life, it was actually able to be played, because no one could stop me before I played it. But the thing is, is like, like that was a sideboard card anyway, that didn't matter. But the main thing is, I was playing the Soul Sisters, right? And and it was, it, it was just funny, because I was talking about how the deck sucks, and then Conley goes and screws that all up by playing the stupid deck and doing well with it. 
and Gavin. Bastard. Yes. You think about that again. This is where you know they say, "Oh, it's not playable. It's not playable." If you're not expecting it, it's playable. Oh well, yeah, yeah, and they, and you know, I mean, granted, they, they, it wasn't the exact same thing, and they did, did come up with some, some uh, interesting ideas with it, and it made me take. Was you, you listened to the other, other, uh, mana deprived, uh, sixty cards podcast, right? The original, the first one. Absolutely. Okay, because it's awesome. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so. Was was it on that show that they were talking about like a mess around with sack deck that they had, like sacrificing deck? It was it was teched, but that but was the deck. Think, that was the show, right? That where they were talking about the sack deck, and it was kind of like it was more they were playing around with it, and they yeah. were using like hissing iguana and all that. Well, I think that was the Jay Boo show. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was the show, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm, I listen to so much shit all the time that it's hard for yeah. me to remember. But that was them, right? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So, so I decided, you know, I, I love the idea. I think it's fun, and and I like the Soul Sisters idea, right? So I kind of combine the two, and so so like I've got like, you know, the uh, the combination of like the what's the the dude that that gains counters for the my brain's not working again. You know the two the casting costumes. The, the pride, Johnny pride mate, or Johnny? Yeah, one of the Johnny. The pride mate, yeah, but and then the 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 pride mate, and I've got the soul sisters and uh, and all that, and so I've got the life gain right, and then and then I put uh, the like the blood throne vampire, the fleshbag marauders, the the other dude that that gains the counters whenever a creature sacrificed, and. Uh, and that, like the, I think he's Death Greeter. I, not maybe it's not Death Greeter. I can't remember what his name is, but he's the dude that it's it's such a shitty card, right? But he's so this is white black now instead of just being mono white. But uh, he, it's the guy that uh, that gains a life whenever a creature dies, goes to the graveyard, right? So so huh. now you're gaining you're gaining life when the creatures go to the graveyard. So if someone rats, you're still gaining a bunch of life off of it. So that makes your ascendance work quicker, right? And and you're also uh, pumping up the pride mate whenever a creature goes to the graveyard. But you're sacking creatures, so you're pumping up the pride mate. And you're also sacking creatures, so you're pumping up the other dude. And, you know, and then, and then I threw gold mane in there because to me, like... Like for one thing, one thing that really sucks, mega balls, is when someone throws down Gideon, and then starts forcing you to attack with all these little guys, and then starts hitting your bigger guys with, uh, you know, by removing counters and destroying tapped creatures. So, you know, earlier today I pulled the, you know, popped a counter off of a Johnny and gave my guys vigilance and just killed Gideon. But, but Gideon, but a Johnny also pumps up your pride mates too. So, you know, I mean. It's it's again casual right now, but it's fun and could be more competitive in the right situations. I mean, everything's all about your room, right? Soul Sisters, if people are expecting it, can be beaten pretty easily. But they knew that it wasn't going to be expected in the room, which is why it succeeded. The one thing I saw in that deck that too that I started seeing slip in a little more and more and more, and I was kind of surprised that. Its value is currently like a little over a dollar. Silence. 
Isn't that crazy? For one white, your opponents can't cast spells this turn, and it it was used, and I think it's effective, and I think after the rotation in September, this is another one that could go up in price because, again, you're losing a lot of cards that we have been used to playing with now, you know, you come down to new cards that you aren't using, and I think this is one of them to stop your opponents from casting spells, even against you. Right. On your turn. Right. I think it's great. It buys you a turn. It's like a pre-fog. You fog before their turn, even. So, I mean, not only do do you fog, but you completely shut them down for a turn, which is awesome. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's yeah, look. That's a card, man. People were paying fifty bucks for a playset for when they first saw it, and now it's worth like, well, you said it's worth over a buck now, but it was worth like what fifty cents for a while there. It just wasn't worth yep. anything. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And then the, the the other you know cool card which I've used before but haven't used for a while is that the uh, protection, the white protection card. That's pretty cool too. Works well. The other card, the other card they used in there too, which I think, really now, in that kind of deck, you don't really care about. Honestly, if you're gaining all the life on the planet, you don't really care if they gain a little life. The card they're also using in there was another one that they had talked about was going to be a home run. After the set changes, condemn. Again, it's another right. one mana cost card. It's right. low, low cost to be able to put someone on the bottom of its library. Yeah, the only problem that I have with Condemn, okay, is Naya, Vengevine stuff because of the fact that, you know, do I really want to give them life for a card that they're just going to have back in their hand on the next turn anyway? That's the part that gets on, that bothers me about, about Condemn. Like, like, Path was a pain in the ass because you ramped them. Condemn's a pain in the ass because there are ways to get those cards back out of your deck. What I'm saying is, is, you use condemn. I'm not saying to use it on on the Vengevine. Use condemn on the Fauna Shaman. If they have another one in hand, how how they get into where they get to? How do you use that on the Fauna Shaman though? That's why path the, is just better. Attacking creature only. Yeah. On the so bottom of its for attacking creature in the bottom of its only library. Yeah, but there no one's going to attack with the Fauna Shaman unless they've gone mentally retarded. Well, true. <laughs> it's just it's it's an option, especially against it's cheap removal, and especially against some of these decks. I mean, if you get out of control, I, I who wants six six trample coming at you? Throw it at the bottom of the deck and let me try to let me try to take care of it with something else. I'll give you six life. Let me do it. All right, so. Uh we have another guest here with us who I wanted to ask about some uh, about the topic we discussed earlier. We have Carr from Mana Deprived. What's up, Carr? Hey guys, what's up? Not too much, uh, man. Uh, no, go ahead. Come on, everyone gets to say hi. Let's let's group hey, hug. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Beamy, come on, join in the love. Oh, there's nothing but love for him. He knows that. Oh, I know. We kiss his ass <laughs> all the here. time. So, you know. Uh, so, anyway, we were talking about uh, at the beginning of the show that there's 
Wizards is discussing uh, having these event decks so that basically people have an opportunity to buy a pre-constructed deck that's supposedly supposed to be competitive, and you can actually buy it before going to a competitive event and, unlike the starter decks, actually compete. And we were just wondering what you thought about that and if that's even really possible for them to create a competitive, playable deck without being some outrageous prize. Jund. <laughs> yeah, I didn't it's really, just uh, all Jund. I might be repeating some of the things that you've covered over since I... No, that's cool, man. Go show. for it. So, uh, as for all the effects of how it affects money-wise for certain people, I think... That type of information, it's outside of my knowledge, outside of my control, whether how it affects how much money wizards make and, and all that stuff. I don't know what the bottom line will be that for them, but for me as a player, I think I would openly welcome this idea because I don't buy the precons. I used to only buy precons for like when it had Umazawa's Jite and everybody was, you know, buying that precon. I don't know if you guys were playing during that time, but... Uh, uh, Beanie's been playing since the dinosaurs were still roaming the <laughs> earth, I think, so... Well, I'm the old... I apparently started before anyone on my podcast, so, and <laughs> that was like Kamigawa for some reason. Um, <laughs> but then there were like people buying just for skull clamps, just for aether vials, and I think having a product that could appeal to more people... I would I would like it, but would it be possible? Your other question, that's I don't know. They'd have to spend wizards would have to spend time internally testing like competitively, I guess. But I guess they do that, but I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, well, I guess that's kind of the main thing I was wondering is like if if they do have these pre-con event decks that are supposed to be competitive, are they going to be like? Like the second rate but competitive decks, like say uh, the dueling McGrims type deck or the the sisters, you know, deck is is that going to be like more what these decks are going to be, or is there going to be real cards in? And if if that's the case, like uh, they're sixty card decks with fifteen card sideboards. I mean, how do they even go about doing that? They have to kind of like pre-establish a metagame in their own head to make it competitive for people to be able to use these. I think it's awesome that they're coming up with a with a more budget-friendly way for people to get involved in, in the uh, competitive side of things. But whether or not, I guess my question is, are they going to be able to fulfill what they're saying that they're going to be able to do and actually create a truly competitive deck? You know, that's what they're, that's what they're saying. And is that really possible to be able to say, hey, here's a starter deck that really can compete, you know, or is it just going to be a bunch of, like, uncommons and commons and, you know, a rare or two that that is pretty solid but not necessarily competitive? Is this just a, still a rumor or it's been sort of announced but sort of lacking details? Or I think it's announced it? lacking details, more or less. Um, you know, it was, I... The first I heard of it was on Monday Night Magic, so I didn't really get a whole lot of uh, detail about it other than what they were talking about. But it w- they did say that this is what's going to happen. It's supposed to be out in February, so there, there's a date. Okay. But I just don't know what, you know, I know it's 60 cards, 15-card sideboard, competitive, so that newer people can actually play in a competitive event. 
but you know, is is that competitive? Like, I'm not going to be at the last place, or is it competitive? Like, <laughs> I'm going to actually be able to compete for top eight or something? You know, that's that's I guess what what I would wonder because you know, the, okay. dueling McGrims isn't that expensive of a deck, so you could do something like that. But right, neither is. Soul Sisters minus the Elspeth, so right, I right. guess so. But my per- my personal guess, like I think all of our guests would probably, it's probably just a souped up version of a precon. That would be my best guess. Right. I yeah, I can see that too. So that's cool, man. Um, other than that, uh, we we did uh, talk about the new keyword that's coming out in Scars. I don't know if you have any feelings about Infect or not, but we, we discussed that earlier. I actually haven't been uh, updating myself. Uh, anything that you could tell me, like real yeah, quick about it? Yeah, man. In fact, is like you know how they've been discussing that poison was a, was going to be a possible, uh, or there a lot of people were hoping poison was coming back in scars, and uh, okay. it turns out Rosewater was just going off on Twitter about about infect the the new keyword that's coming out, which kind of it combines poison and wither. And so it's it's almost literally poison and wither put together, except a little better because instead of poison being like having a number attached to it, like this creature's poison two, so it deals two poison counters when it hits, it it deals it like wither does, where it's it's their power. So if you have a three power creature and it hits, it will infect for three. So if you giant growth your three power creature, it's going to infect for six, which. It literally puts poison counters on the person equal to whatever his power is. Wow, that sounds interesting. It yeah, sounds and I a guess it's uh, easier, I guess, to manage than than poison. I used to not be a fan of it because it was just worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worthless. I felt it was just. I don't. Know, I think actually, I didn't. When did poison first get introduced? I'm not sure if I even played that much with them. Uh, back in beta and stuff. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but they came back with it in Time Spiral, and and that's all I really knew of Poison. I just knew that it seemed it was kind of a cute thing, and it was kind of, uh, I guess it had some good flavor to it, but it wasn't really effective, at least not in Time Spiral that I can remember. So, and and now it seems like this could actually be possible to to actually have some sort of meaning. If nothing else, I mean, Wither was pretty solid, so. Yeah, I mean, right. I think it's a great ability. Did were, did you like Wither, or did you, you know, because this will supposedly be able to damage Planeswalkers also, which was one of the first questions that people asked. Uh, was this a question to me, yeah. or to... Uh, just a yeah. gen... Yeah, it was to you, but, I mean, like, do you, do you like... it? Did you enjoy the Wither ability, or was that something that you didn't really care too much about? I really liked the Wither ability when they also had, um, what was it... Everlasting was Torment. It, was it? Uh, did it stop? Persist. Yeah, oh. it stopped. Like persist, right? Right. That that's when I really liked uh, Wither because how how it interacted with Persist. Persist is awesome. I wish they'd come back with Persist. Kitchen Finks. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Kitchen Finks was was sweet. Not not that you could do anything. Work with uh, the the Planeswalkers. I don't know if it deals it in. That's what we were kind of. It just, it just deals that. the damage to it. Oh, did like you find that just out? Just a normal attack. Yeah, I, well, I read the article and that's what it said. Okay. It just said it. It just deals damage like normal. So, 
like it says on the card, it doesn't say anything about Planeswalker. It just says when you deal damage to a creature or to a player, you know, it does whatever. So Sweet. That'd be cool if it had something else for Planeswalkers, like double damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's like destroy target Planeswalker when attack. Yeah. Yeah, That'd I'm sure they're going to come out with that card, probably. I've always wondered if they would make a card like that. Like, a card that just says destroy target Planeswalker. I think if they did, they'd... Well, I mean, they could, because it's so limited that it's like you'd have to sideboard the card. (laughs) Anyone who main decks that card would really probably be one of those people that's losing their F&Ms. But, uh, (laughs) you know. So, uh, do you have anything on uh, on Mana Deprived that you wanted to talk about? Anything, any new... uh, uh, Obviously, your newest episode's out, and that's pretty awesome. It's a good show right. and one of the best shows Thanks. out there right now. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, gonna be doing our show tomorrow. Hopefully, get John Medina on MTG Metagame, Mister uh, Financial Expert. Nothing really much on on the Mana Deprived side. Just still trying to get as many Canadian talent as I can. I think uh, I started off with being a generic strategy site, but I think. I've slowly found my niche as, uh, you know, you can't really compete with the big dogs and Star City Games and Channel Fireball, so you're going to have to choose a specific part of the world to focus on, I guess. And there hasn't been that much new, just uh, working and trying to come up with new stuff like the podcast and seeing what new stuff we could do that's different from any other site, that's all. That's awesome, man. I mean, yeah, it's hard to compete with the big dogs, but you're carving out a pretty pretty nice little space for yourself so far, and you're getting bigger. And, you know, the podcast helps. You get more popularity and people are interested. And, and honestly, just putting yourself out there as normal dudes, just kicking it and BSing and, you know, bullshitting with each other, that that helps. People, people just kind of see you as, you know, like... I don't know. Like you're sitting around the table playing cards with each other, and you know it's 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 cool to be able to hear that. And and then at the same time, you're like doing these high level articles and events and things like that, and and that's awesome. So it's cool. Actually, actually, I do have two questions. Quick. Uh, one is is with Medina coming on, and I, and I want to discuss this with the group after I mention it to him to mention. If you could ask John Medina a question. Uh, there was a card after watching U.S. Nationals. There was a card, I think, that could work in red deck wins that might be a solution for part of the problem with all these. Because when you watched U.S. Nationals, all you saw was creatures all over the board. I mean, I forget who it was. He attacked with, it ended up being six Fengevines. Or he <laughs> played plus two of the Renegade Doppelgangers. Okay, six at one time. Nightmare. The card I saw in there that I'd like to ask if you think Medina knows anything about that might work well is called Chain Reaction. It's two and two red, and it deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of creatures on the battlefield. We've been seeing this slow progression towards lots of creatures, lots of creatures, lots of creatures, and overrun, overrun. Just I'm just going to overpower you with hitting you with five, six, seven creatures at one time. This is a spell that in red deck wins it normally does not have creatures out on the board after they attack. If they're sending a squadron, you on your turn cast it, and their squadron is gone. And I'm wondering if in the next rotation, 
that a card like Chain Reaction might actually be an effective card. I like it, and I think it could be a real, real sleeper. So that's why I figured I'd save that question for you. And the second question is, is you said you're... you're <laughs> Nothing like putting them on the spot here, Beamy. It's like, we'll wait until you're on the show, and then these are the questions I want to have you ask. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> We're all part of the same family here. I know. No, man, I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. All right, go, go the for it. The second question is, the second question is, is since you are recruiting ca- Canadian talent, happen to know a Canadian talent that just happens to be on the phone with us right now. Brian Adams? <laughs> I would recommend him what? to maybe be one of the people that you might want to contact with to maybe get some more information from because uh, uh, after, was this, back-to-back weeks now with deck teching with him? Yeah, he's not sending us, he's not sending us um, five color with, you know, all generic lands and... 20 lands. Yeah. 20, 20 lands, five color deck. No. <laughs> you know, I mean, these are some deck techs that, you know, we've had to like really sit down and, I mean, when we're picking apart only one card or two cards potentially out of a deck tech, I mean, you know, that's something right there. I mean, normally you know, I've gotten suggestions from other people and looked at it and go, this does not work together. And, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just think that definitely. Now, I don't know if I didn't know if you mentioned it in the last podcast, and I apologize for that. I, I don't think I heard that. That you're looking for more Canadian talent, and that might be something you might want to mention on the show. Is you know, hey, send us an email if you're from Canada and you're interested, and you know, because I mean, th- the one thing that was joked about was that oh, it's Canada. It's the Canadian team. Well, it's America's hat. (laughs) And it's, it's definitely if you, you know, if you guys are the premier Canadian website for magic, I mean, why not get as many brains together as you can and literally, you know, you guys deck tech together and all suddenly now you guys can just sit there and go, ha, take that and smack them in the face. You know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, I, you know, I, I hold country pride, but I have no problem seeing someone come up and say, "Look, we can outthink you." <laughs> you know, <laughs> don't let us, don't let us take this fact on you. So, you know, I, that's the way I look at it. Speaking of getting brains together, wake up, Ben. What? <laughs> All right. I'm playing StarCraft too, man. Quit <laughs> oh, bothering me, dude. Oh, jeez. There's someone who's committed right he there doesn't have a sandwich. <laughs> if he was he wouldn't be sandwich Starcraft sounds pretty good too. Yeah, what's well, <laughs> up with sandwich anyway? That's really pretty sandwich lame. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I'm not sure if you got the two questions there, but uh you can go ahead and ponder that. If not, you can rewind the episode when you <laughs> when you record it and you can listen to it and try and decipher the questions actually out of what he was asking you there. Um, uh, <laughs> first question first, I guess, uh, about the chain, I'll, I'll ask Medina about chain reaction if you wanted my opinion. Um, I think the, the card I'd, right now that I'd play over it, obviously, is, uh, think. Earthquake, but Earthquake yes. is gonna be gone, right? So, yes. I'd be looking at chain reaction, but the scenario you 
the fine is one scenario where I wouldn't want chain reaction in hand, obviously, if the guy's attacking me with six venge vines or something. <laughs> well, no, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is you can see, you can see his hand developing where all suddenly he's got the two and watching the coverage through now blip TV. Now it's on through the GGS live thing. You can see he's got the two doppelgangers out. He's got the fauna, he's got the, the fauna shaman out and he's got the venge vine in the graveyard. Okay, great. So on your turn, you play Chain Reaction, and let's say there's only the three of them out there. Well, three kills them all. Okay. Then what is he left with? Okay. Yeah. Then would the question be, would is Pyroclasm still in the set? Pyroclasm's in M11, yeah. Isn't it? Am I wrong about that? Would it do just as good in that situation? Is what I would start. Yeah, Paracosm is in the set. Paracosm is in the set, but my only thing is, is I like the fact that it does, it does X where X is the number. So let's say he's got five, and you can. I mean, I just I look at that number and I just I see <laughs> games coming up in the future where all suddenly you're sitting with I have five, you have five. We're going nowhere fast. I play this. The board's completely wiped. Now I put my guy out there, and now you're on the defensive. I mean, I guess right, that's I just... I happen. I just yeah, hope I'm they just... reprint Still Gollum. I mean, anyone else? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Beamy. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. Go go for it. No, 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 no. But like <laughs> I said, uh, we... I. If you're asking questions, I'm looking this post rotation. I'm not worried about now. I'm looking after rotation because a lot of the decks I'm starting to monkey with now through Magic Workstation are post rotation, and I'm trying to put thoughts together ahead now because the card's only a dollar right now. <laughs> and the only thing you have to worry about about that card—I mean, correct me if I'm wrong—but that's the card where you have to have a creature in your hand. So if you uh. don't have a creature in your hand, it's dead, right? Is that the card that I'm thinking of? No, it deals damage equal to the power of a creature in your or, or a card. No. Oh, okay, which the which amount of creatures on the board? Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, so that that that's a it's a good card. I mean, I guess the other thing thing with that card is uh is, you know, you'd have to try it. You know, everything starts somewhere, and a lot of a lot of the most popular tech ideas are not seen coming. So you know, use it. Start using it now if you want to, and just see how well it compares to earthquakes today and things like that. And if you find that that card is working for you now, then most likely post rotation, it's going to be working for you also. Yeah, it's. I would. I would probably play test it and see what you think of it right now. One of the, one of the things that I appreciate that John Medina does is John Medina doesn't come out and say, "Hey, buy Jace. It's eighty bucks." You know, he looks at, you know, he looks at cards that, like a card like this, that's a buck, that, hey, if this one could work, all suddenly now it's five bucks. So you're, you know, th- you're wondering if you thing. should make the investment. So you want to get like an insider, is what you're trying to say, right? Like, I like use, hey man, can I, I buy these him, now? I want to use people like him to, you know, cause I, if it's going to be something effective down the line, I don't want to pay five bucks for it. I'll pay a buck for it. Right. So I guess I would rather be ahead of the curve than behind no, the curve. No, man, I, I know. I'm just kidding. Okay, so sorry. That <laughs> was that was question one. 
And his answer was, it sucks. (laughs) You want to use me to use him, right? (laughs) Yes! Yes! (laughs) Yes. I don't think it sucks. I I think it has seen play. I remember it maybe in block, or maybe I'm just going crazy, but I do remember seeing it some decklist at some point. In block it was, yeah. It was in block for sure. It's it's solid. I mean, especially if you got it in sealed or something, it, it became ridiculous, you know. But it it's got its place, just like every other card does, just like Day of Judgment does, you know. If if you're playing the right, right. deck, it'll work great. And but if you're playing no creatures, it's dead. I mean, if they're playing no creatures, it's dead. So <laughs> I'm talking. I don't say main deck it. What I'm saying is is you have it in your sideboard, and let's say they're playing. Dredge Vine. And you know they're going to come out with, well, they're going to pile out five, six, seven creatures. They're going to put out, you know, they're going to have the exalted triggers. They're going to have all this stuff out there early. And if you wipe it out, you know, those Venge Vines aren't going to come back. You slow them down from that point, especially in red. I'm, I'm thinking more of red because, you know, red deck wins is not an expensive deck. That is something that could help a red deck wins, which constantly has nothing on the board. Yeah. To keep them, keep your opponent off balance. And that's all I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out cards that give board advantage. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, you know, maybe he will say it's going to be sweet. Right. You know. I think uh, I just want to add to uh, something, another point is, uh, I haven't, I'm not really into MTG finance, but earlier on, I think a lot of people were really high on Pyromancer Ascension. At one point, if you guys were, I don't think I had as many followers then, but Kelly Reed was really high on it, told people to buy tons of it, and actually bought like a dozen of Pyromancer Ascension. And it wasn't really broken or not, and, and now it seems like it's a tier one deck, and it's still, if I, I'm just looking at Star Cities, it's still a buck fifty. So yeah. I think with mythics, these rares they just they just don't go up regardless of, of how good they become, I think. I don't know. What's your opinion on that? I agree completely with that. I mean look at Fauna Shaman. Fauna Shaman online was like twelve bucks for, for when after it came out. Now it's like what, three or something? It's not I mean I don't even know if it's that high. It's like three or four bucks at most. It rares don't stay high no matter how good they are. And, you know, I don't know what the, what the actual paper card price of a Fauna Shaman is, cause I'm doing so much MTGO, but, but, uh, I know that, that basically the rare cards drop like a rock, and the mythics stay high, or go up. Prime right, Evil so is ridiculous. Think, I would think you would want to target maybe sleeper mythics, I don't know. Yeah, or or uncommons. Considering your uncommons can go up above above the price of a rare if they're solid. (laughs) (laughs) Walla Omens, Walla Omens was selling for three and a half bucks. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. It's crazy. And Fauna Shaman, yeah, real life. Uh, Fauna Shaman on paper now is um, just on a say. Look through his mid range is ten eighty nine. Okay, that's yeah. Paper, I guess, is still selling higher. I know online. I just went and I think I sold one for like two fifty the other day. It was like, wow, that's a real great deal I got out of that. <laughs> um. So I guess I'll move to the second question. Let's do yeah. it. 
don't. Okay, it's been a while now that I don't really remember it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was using your podcast and using your website to reach out to people like Cortland here, who, you know, like I said before, has a good mind for magic in Canada, and to build a network like that, a big enough network through your site, through your podcast, to get information like that put together and streamlined on your end. And that's what I'm saying is how to reach out to someone like Cartland, who happens to be on here now, but to reach out to him or someone like him to draw them into your site and provide more information, more help for the group. Yeah, definitely. I think I need to be more going to maybe write a post about wanting help. Definitely would be interested in having guys like Cortland pitch in. Uh, but obviously, um, not like the Canadian angle is sort of more of a, I guess, a marketing thing. We're just in general we're looking for anybody that's, you know, one of those approachable, you know, not, we're not too good for anyone, approachable guys, because we've had. Uh, Adam Yurchik is actually on the team, and he's a you know a big name in in the U.S. somewhat. Um, and then there's some MTGO pros that that were on the team at the beginning stages. So there's there's that. So, but if I can get Canadian Magic, who I feel has gone shafted at nationals, well, just because we're not that popular. I mean, you guys have your deck techs, you gotta have GG's live filming, you know, your your national games. We had one guy, one one guy from Wizards, you know, writing all the matches. And obviously, if you look at the coverage, he in the top eight, I only think he managed to cover like one match. So I really think I can now might have the power to sort of change things and make the game more popular and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, man, I I think that uh, that. You know, you're doing the right thing. I think your site is awesome, and it's not, it's clearly not like you're trying to say, hey, this is Canadians only. It's, you know, it's for anyone who's, who provides some solid content or whatever, but, but you're reaching out to the, to the Canadian players, to the Canadian, you know, people who want to, want to put some information out there that can contribute to the website and the community in general. And that's why, you know, like it's cool for Cortland to be able to see something like that because, you know that you guys don't get the kind of props you deserve and the kind of mention that the US gets and so i think it's awesome man i think it's cool that you've pulled these people together and that you're trying to trying to build something and and you know i think just even doing stuff like this where where you get your name out there and get heard that's that's a start man i mean you're you're doing what you intend to do which is is you know make your site and yourself more open and public for other people to reach out and and uh contact you and stuff so i think it's cool uh, and we definitely that's why we try and give you so many props around here is because we have a lot of respect <laughs> for what you do yeah I'm, I'm sure your your ass gets kind of tired from all the kissing and everything but you know <laughs> i think he has us both shut off on twitter <laughs> deny messages from click 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 yeah yeah but When's no, the management site coming out? <laughs> uh, that probably by this weekend. It's actually, I'm I'm almost there. It's it's not anything exciting or anything right now. It's mostly just like kind of trying to compile 
all the top places that we feel are like you know the the best sites and best like resources for for players and then BME's going to start putting some articles up here and then we'll get it out we'll get it going so my version of building on a budget or actually building on my budget which is married with three kids or married with three kids which is building on no budget um (laughs) (laughs) yeah how do you even find a time to do all this stuff (laughs) oh man i will i will tell you i'm in it and i'm very fortunate that a lot of my job involves windshield time which is driving driving around so when i'm driving around like tangent does i have podcasts on like when I drove back today from I, where I was at today, I drove back. I was listening to you guys on the way back. You know, there when I have like the long trip for Friday, I'll put on Manipool because that's two hours and that's probably how long my drive is going to be. <laughs> so you know, I take advantage of those drive times to listen to other podcasts to get what's going on. And occasionally, when we actually get ours up on time, we actually I can actually listen to ours and then critique it. <laughs> the hell, what are you implying, <laughs> Jesus? Come on now. I'm saying that three hours of editing would have been fine had you not had your computer go crappy on you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so, no, I know what it's like with what Beamy's saying here, man. I work, like, 60 hours a week, and I have a family, and I try and actually play some magic. So getting all the time to do all the rest of the stuff is, uh, well, that's kind of why the the website is a little bit second to everything else going on right now, but... You know, shit happens. Well, it's not like that. I mean, our pod site's going to have pictures of Ben on it. Ben yeah. riding the woolly Thokhtar <laughs> in his sleep. Woolly Thokhtar playing StarCraft 2. Right. I'll have to get that picture up. Ben sitting there playing StarCraft 2 with woolly Thokhtar on his lap. <laughs> oh. You guys are gross. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, that's... What was that? Is this the part of the segment where it's like the old reference of jumping over the shark? Oh, God. I'm dating myself. Yeah. Oh, jumping the shark? You're, t- you're going back jumping to happy days, man. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's Most sad. Of the group going, happy what? Sad, sad, sad that we know that. Just lost three quarters of our listening audience know, by room for the happy days. Now, come so on. That's everyone, okay. Everyone knows the fawns. <laughs> they just don't know what the hell we're talking about. Come on. Henry Winkler. It's classic. He's got a dude. statue in downtown Milwaukee now. Come on now. Okay, now that everyone's tuned out. <laughs> so uh anyway, we uh we do have one other deck that we have to talk about here and you know, I I'm not going to necessarily make Carr sit here and talk about this if he if he's not interested in it, but he's welcome to stay and and listen to this. We need to help this guy out here before we finish this up. Because he asked for our help, so that's what we do. We help people. Not many and not well, but we do help. Uh, So this guy, Daniel Palmer, sent an email to us. He said, I'm liking the show. Reminds me a lot of the mana pool, but more serious. That's insulting. Uh, I would like to see more discussion about constructed decks and in... And in aid of this, I have got a list that I'd like you guys to look at. And it is a blue-red control. It's 24 lands. And then the the deck list is 4 Calcite Snapper, 4 Seagate Oracle, 3 Sphinx of Dwar Isle, 
four mana leak, four cancel, four negate, four lightning bolt, four stagger shock, three Jace's ingenuity, two earthquake, two Chandra. Before we get started, we all know where his deck tech to get calcite snapper came from. <laughs> Not from me, that man. That was you. No, no, no. I mean, not. We spent 30 minutes on the value of Calcite Snapper. Well, hey, I know, but I mean, I I can't imagine that I'm the first person that ever thought Calcite Snapper was was a playable card. It's got Shroud. I mean, come on. There's two people now. You? Yeah. You're right. There are two people in this world that appreciate the Calcite Snapper. I actually tried to convince one of my friends to use Calcite Snappers in his deck, but he didn't want to. It's good. Is it not it's, good? It's, a re- it's really good. Like, if you're playing a control deck, I mean, you're controlling the field, and you need one of those, like, I mean, it's three mana, and it can swing for four into them. That's a pretty yeah. fast, you know, that's a pretty fast clock on them if right. they don't have anything to stop it, which is, really, they can't stop it with a shroud, so it's like... Right, exactly. So block it, that's the only thing. And, I mean, you play, I mean, you just, even if you're you playing... just don't attack right. when they have to block it, so... yeah. I mean, it's a solid card, and it, and it makes perfect sense in a control deck. But, so this guy's, I mean, I, I'm totally down with what he's saying here. He's got Calcite Snapper, Sphinx of Dwar Isle. I mean, both Shroud creatures, both solid creatures. Uh, mana Leaks, Cancels, Negates. Lightning Bolt, Stagger Shock, he quotes as his MVP. Jace's Ingenuity, Two Earthquakes. Um, and Chandra Nalar. Okay, we've hit the roadblock. Chandra Nalar. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys think that, that Chandra's... I, I know everyone's wanted to play Chandra. Do you think that that is the best card in there? Uh, I'm not um, the biggest fan my- of Chandra personally because she costs six. And I know that, I know it's a control deck, but... Uh, isn't it discard a red card? Or is it just no, discard Chandra- a card? Chandra's the lower end one, which is just deals one damage. Oh, it's just Chandra. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. That's the other, Chandra one, the other one's actually playable, to be honest. I'm surprised Red Deck Wins hasn't uh, started using them, because a lot of the problems with Red Deck Wins is that they run out of gas, and you can just re-gas with their thing. Oh, so that's, that's true. And that would actually work even in a blue-red, because you can just, I mean, you wouldn't use its its other ability, I guess. That's that's a good point. Uh, but Chandra and Alar... So basically, he's just using it for removal, I assume. Um, yes. My whole thing about this is, I saw this deck, and the first thing I thought of, and I know I sent this to you as a reply, is this is where Pyromancer as Ascension should come in. Drop the Oracles, slap some Ascensions in there, maybe some Preordains in there to get that up there, and then he's got the ability to make this thing go off. I mean, he's got four lightning bolts. He's got four stagger shocks. He can do lots of things with this. Yeah, I don't know if I like running uh, running creatures in a, in the Pyromancer's Ascension deck, though. It seems like it takes away the uh, the like I don't know it, something. It takes something out of the deck. Does Pyromancer's Ascension? I I don't think any builds of it really run creatures, do they? No, none do. Killing fiend, that's the only ones, but they sideboard them. Sideboard killed, yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I, I would think that that would actually take down the efficiency of the deck if you tried to run the even the calcite snappers. As much as I love them, you wouldn't, uh, you probably wouldn't want to have them in there at all. 
you could do the pyromancer's ascensions then you'd have to take out the sphinxes also um but then you're basically just making a pyromancer's ascension deck and i think that's it seems like he's kind of trying to avoid that Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i mean Uh, I mean, I guess the only reason why I say that is, is, or, or the Echo Mage, maybe. Because I think the Echo Mage is not going for a whole lot. Well, uh, Echo Mage is going under a buck. I'd say you get know, rid of put- Chandra, at the very least, because it's just too much red commitment, and she doesn't, she has removal, but you could just run, you know, um, something else that, would be a little bit more useful in a lot more situations. And something else that doesn't die to Celestial Purge. Yeah, and something that doesn't cost, like, you know, how, however much mana is it? Five, five mana. Right. So get a Yakor Planeswalker out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, what if you drop the four Seagate Oracle, put in, uh, put in two, three, four Echo Mages, and then the the current killed fiend that flies. Um, Chandra's Spitfire. The Spitfire. Yes. Well, you'd have to have a lot of direct damage. Uh, yeah. he's, he's got Stagger Shocks and Lightning Bolts, but I don't... Stagger Shocks, Lightning Bolts, he can... Earthquake for one. Can, earthquake for one. You can do that. You can slap in... Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of direct damage he can do. I mean, there are other cards you can throw in there for that because I don't know. Could splash I, green I and do Hornet's thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Marshall, if you're listening, we're not serious. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Uh, the only th- to get rid of the negates, I think negates a cyborg card. You could put in, you know, anything else to get direct damage, and use the Spitfire as a card because it's it's a one three flyer. I'm you guessing know, that he has the negates in there mostly for Day of Judgment because he's looking at it kind of like this looks like almost like a blue red version of the deck that I was running, just like you said, right? I I mean, you take out the the uh, the ley lines and you take out some of the like mind control type effects, and you've got like instead of instead of mind controlling things, you're just flat out killing them. Is what it looks like. And so I think what what his angle is is trying to win with creatures as opposed to, you know, burning people out, it looks like. He's just trying to do it slowly, which is why he's doing Calcite Snapper and Sphinx, because he wants to he wants to be able to get those creatures out there, control the board by wiping everything down and then attacking him with the snapper and the sphinx. And uh, you know, it if at very worst he could, you know, if you wipe the board when he's got you down a ways, then he can burn you out. That, that's what it looks there, like. There's a definite combination here, I'm thinking, that might work for him, because he's got the spaces for it, is uh, Act of Treason Fling. If he's building on a budget... He's building in a budget with this. Yeah. Act of Treason Fling. Act of Treason, you take his creature, throw it right at him. You attack with him, then you throw it at him. That could be. Or I even mean, if he, or even, even if he would fling his Sphinx of Jarwah. I swing and hit you for five, it's five away from the kill, I fling you, you dead. 
I mean, yeah, it's a I sideboard wonder. card you could throw in as an option. Uh, I've personally liked Active Treason a lot. Um, I like the other one that gives the creature 2-0 and does even more. I've used that one. I, it's just if he's looking for something to clear things out of the way or push forward, nothing's more fun than stealing your opponent's creature. Yeah, no, I agree, and which is why I made the mind control deck. But then you come across those decks where, or those times when you aren't playing against creatures, and then it's you've got two dead. Well, you've got well because he's running shroud, his fling targeting. Uh. I don't remember what, the way the card reads exactly. It's an additional cost or something. Oh, okay. So you just okay. So so that's uh, Flingwood would still work in the deck. So you could have Active Treason in the sideboard, or you could you could run it main deck, I guess, and then and then pray to God that they actually have creatures for you to steal. But um, you know, I that that's a possibility. That's a that's it's a suggestion for him to think about and possibly test, and uh. And then, you know, the, one of the things I wanted to su- want to mention, Bimi, in, in your modification here that you were that you showed or that you uh-huh. sent me uh, was that you put uh, crystal ball in, and I, you know, I'm yeah. kind of wondering about that. Like, I've I've kind of wondered whether or not crystal ball is a suitable, you know, kind of a quasi replacement for Jace. Obviously, nowhere near as powerful, but in the event of not having Jace, if that's if that's something that a budget build might want to look at. So I'm kind of curious about that, too. If he wants to go, if he wants to get to the win, in that red-blue combination, he's always going to be holding back mana. Um, to be able to scry two, put him on the top or bottom, you know, I just think, I think it could, I think it could work. I think it could be a, a player. I just, I mean, I have, I can't afford $100 <laughs> for that. So I, I've i invested in crystal balls. I invested in crystal balls when they first came out, and I was buying them for a quarter each. Ben plays you know, with I his crystal just, balls all the time. I'm so. playing with my crystal balls right now. See? Told you. Welcome to the show going too long. We're now playing with <laughs> crystal balls. Yeah, man. Well, I had I had to go over this deck just because of the fact that you know I told the guy I would. So, um, and and I appreciate we always appreciate people sending in their decks for us to look at. So, I, I will I will say this. Um, this was brought up, and if this is is this if this deck's considered casual or non that he doesn't have to worry about a post rotation. Uh, Cortland brought up a good card. Cortland, you might want to talk about that one. Yeah, I was just uh, looking, kind of like seeing if there's any good uh, shards block, uh, um, red, uh, blue cards, and I found uh, Spellbound Dragon. And okay. uh, well, it doesn't really have much. It doesn't have shroud or anything. It is a flying, a three-five, for three colorless, uh, blue and a red. Um, so three-five isn't that powerful, but the ability is: is whenever Spellbound Dragon attacks, draw a card, then discard a card. Spellbound Dragon gets plus X, plus zero until end of turn, where X is the, the discarded card's converted mana cost. So my my idea with that is is that, okay, you have some Sphinx of Gyrile in your deck, you have some, maybe a couple Spellbound Dragons, maybe you say you replace the Chandras with the Spellbound Dragons. Um, you know, you have a Sphinx in your hand, you have a Spellbound Dragon on the field, 
you attack, you discard the Sphinx. That's like what plus five or six, I think. Five uh, uh, or to cast, it's six. Yeah, six. Six. Okay, so it's plus six. So that brings it to uh, that brings it to what nine damage. So if your opponent is open, it's going to be doing quite a bit of damage. It's a pretty uh, aggro-y card. I mean, uh, if you don't have the maybe the double blue or something, which would be really weird, but for a Sphinx or something, or if you just don't feel comfortable playing it and you have some dead cards in your hand, you can just discard them as well as get a new card on top of that, and it helps you go through your deck and get the cards you really need, and it pumps up your Spellbound Dragon so you can actually do some damage. And there it's only you go. a rare, and I'm assuming it's pretty cheap because it's not really seeing much play in competitive decks. So. All right, Daniel. 52 cents. Deck Tech by Cortland there. So try that one out and let us know how that goes. I was also thinking maybe he should try to grab some 4Cs. I don't know if you mentioned any uh, card draw. He mentioned uh, three Jace's Ingenuity, which you know, oh, okay. I guess without without running... I ran 4C because I was running the Leyline of Anticipation in my deck. Yeah. Um, without Leyline of Anticipation, I'd probably run Jace's Ingenuity too, just because... If you're playing mm. control, you want it to be able to be instant speed. Personally, that's the way I would do it, but it kind of depends on on you know what your goal is. And it looks like he wants to be in control. So four yeah, seasons. Seems something. like a seems like a blue red control, but heavy aggro deck kind of thing. Right, right. Still, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, other than tapping out at three, I don't think you're going to want to yeah. tap out too much. Yeah, it, because I'm, he's running, what, four mana leaks and, like, negates and cancels, I think? Right. Yeah, four cancels, four mana leaks, four negates. He's running 12 ways to stop spells. Yeah. Okay. Um, if I was him, I'd maybe cut some of the negates out just because they do stop Planeswalkers. But if you already have four mana leaks and four cancels, that's going to be a lot of cancels you have in your deck. And... um. I don't know, it just seems like a little bit overdoing it on that portion, um, in my opinion. Just because it negates more of a sideboard card, if you know that your opponent plays like a lot of Planeswalkers. If you if you fight a deck that doesn't play many spells, like, say, um, I don't know, just some really, you know, tribal allies or something deck that doesn't play any spells, uh, you're going you're gonna to kind of regret having so many negates and them being dead cards. But uh, where you can just cancel... I mean, it's not as efficient, but if you really need to, you can just do that instead. Right. Cool. Well, there there you go, uh, Daniel. There's some information for you. And uh, I think we should probably try and wrap this up, guys. I did want to say that the logo contest is pretty much finished. I'm not going to go ahead and, you know, report on a winner here. If, you know, any last-minute entries want to come out, go ahead and send them in. When is it finished? The the logo entry or logo yeah. contest. It was supposed to be today, but we've had a, uh, a few people that were like straggling. So I want to give, you know, I'll probably give a day or two. You know, I had an entry come in as of just a, a few hours ago. So we'll we'll give well, a. I want to. What was I that? wanted to do one for you guys too, um, but I've been working a lot, and they called me into work today. I was going to do it today, but they called me into work, so that's all right, uh, man. We'll, yeah. we'll probably say this weekend will be when the logo contest is going to come okay. is going to finish. So go ahead and you know if you have time between now and then, get one sent in. That would be awesome. Um, oh yeah, that'd be that'd be perfect. Okay, cool. Especially you know the people you know some people uh, don't have a lot of time like you guys. Oh, oh yeah. 
yeah. it's great to have a little extra time to you know do some touch ups and and things like that. So absolutely, tangent tangent totally saw mine. I touched mine up completely. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a second one there, Beamy. Come on now. Uh, uh, no, I, after <laughs> after seeing what people have sent in, no. All and, right. And no, I'm not a graphics designer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I may cool, do man. IT, but graphics design is not what I do. Photoshop isn't your forte, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, um, so there's that. Uh, hopefully have the website up by this weekend, um, if not by Monday, uh, and we'll have this episode up as soon as possible. Uh, we'll go ahead and throw out there again. Get a hold of us via email with your deck ideas or whatever else. Or you know, for Ben, you could do your uh, your Starcraft uh, updates or whatever you want to do here. Let's send those to manascrewed at gmail dot com temporarily. Uh, that'll change pretty soon with the website and everything. But still, for now, manascrewed at gmail dot com. Get a hold of me online on Twitter or MTGO at TangentDYN. And the Beamy is on Twitter and MTGO and Workstation at the, yes. uh, what was the Beamy, correct? Correct. It's not just a clever name. And uh, so, anyway, yeah. Um, get a hold of us and we will get back to you. We'll talk about shit online and, and uh, try not to make fun of you too much. So, you know. And hopefully Ben won't sleep through the whole next episode. I'm not sleeping, man. I'm I'm practicing. I'm defending against a, a Zerg six pool. <laughs> I think I'm going to lose this one actually. Oh, nice. Well, nice. Well, I got to tell you, uh, we got an interesting su- suggestion for a uh, an email address. Oh, what's that? Uh, thanks to our thanks to our our quasi guest host. <laughs> our quasi guest host is he only quasi? Yeah. He's the, the silent guardian. Silent guardian. <laughs> the the I am awesome at manastrude.com. There you go. See. Yeah, yeah. That would get us exactly no emails. <laughs> <laughs> is there I am is there awesome. anything you want to plug before you go before we go, Car? Anything? Um, just gonna obviously plug my site manadeprive.com. I'll plug my uh one of the guests. Well, I don't know what to call him, a guest or co-host on the site, uh, on, on my podcast, uh, Smitty, who has 60cards.com, and I think uh, you guys mentioned it, actually, that um, they're starting a little store over there. I have no connection to that uh, site, so I wouldn't be able to give you that news, and <laughs> you can... I think we're going to start releasing our podcast regularly every Monday, so be sure to check out our yet-to-be-named podcast every Monday. Oh, I was hoping you were going to give us some insight and sneak that in on the show what the name of the podcast was. <laughs> Dog, I thought we were going to get some insider stuff. No, I, I really don't know what to, what to call it and stuff. Wow. All right, cool, man. Well, hey. You know, yeah, we never pimp your guys' sight on our show no. at all, so, Mm-mm. you know. Well, we never talk about limited resources. <laughs> we never talk about Monday Night Magic. We never talk about any of those other sites. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. We we got our we got our crack fix for the day of of uh, the Mana Deprived slash Sixty Cards podcast, unnamed podcast, whatever you want to call it. Both. 
Don't forget about Chewy. Don't forget about Brother oh, Chewy. Well, I know. Where is Chewy, man? I thought he was going to hit us up on this show. Jeez. No, we do this too doggone late. And you know what? I know why why uh, Tom wasn't here last week. It's because he was on vacation, dude. He's in uh, Puerto of- Rico or whatever. So. Well, I wouldn't come on this show either if I was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, It'd I'm be sure. you and Ben. <laughs> Me and Ben? Yes, in Puerto Rico. I don't want to be alone with Rico. Ben, man. <laughs> I do not want to be alone with Ben, especially if he's in a bikini. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, hey. I'm in your shower right now in a bikini. <laughs> Why don't you come check it out? <laughs> Here, let me pick up this soap. All right. I have internet access in my house, man. So I'm <laughs> you got to use the Wi-Fi in your bathroom. All right, man. Hey. Well, uh, it's been good, man. It was awesome having you on car. Cortland, good talking to you again. Oh, God. Sweet. Okay, hey, we'll wrap this up since it's only been two hours now, and uh, we'll say we'll talk to you later. Uh, as for now, I am Tangent. I'm to be me. And whatever. And I'm Cortland. Awesome. Car. car. Nice. <laughs> and we are out later. <laughs> <laughs>